And we are live. Welcome to Insing Life episode 10. My name is Ridwan. And today we have the deep honor of having Ma with us. She is an SMU law graduate and also an electric bassist who has session with the likes of Nathan Hartuno, the Sam Willows, Gentle Bones. He works frequently with top 40 cover bands as well in the night pub club scene. And I think most importantly, like these days, he's the founder of Tone House Studios. <laughs> which has become an eminent music studio in Singapore. Thanks for being here. Hey, cool. How I like to begin things is normally just to ask you to share a little bit about your personal story of how you came to be to where you are today. Not rushing over, but, you know, in an abstract sense. Mm. So that viewers can get to know you a bit more. Okay. Uh, I've always been a very straight-laced uh, kind of kid growing up. I went to school. I did all right. I did enough not to to uh to funk out of school. I did enough just to get through to the next level. So I was a ACS boy. So I've been in junior, then I went to Barker, then I scraped through to ACJC, then I got into SMU and then I studied and uh I played music on the side. So like in ACJC I think I started playing in the, the arts club then. Yeah, I was actually in a choir. Oh, yeah, in ACJC for three years. A bass? Yeah. Oh, you bass? Yeah, three years because <laughs> wow. bass. I was a bass. Yeah, yeah. Three years because I retained one year. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but <laughs> do you ever sing backup in the bands you play in? <laughs> My band will tell you that I shouldn't sing, lah. How come? How come? Because <laughs> I've always found I'm your terrible. tone very interesting. Yeah, but I, I, I just don't have a nice singing technique. La. It just I just don't get it. La. <laughs> yeah. Even after three years in choir, I can still say I, I still don't know how to sing. Wow. Yeah. It's just not something I'm I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should be a lead singer. Right. I right. mean, if, if I could, I would. Because, I mean, that's where the the cash is, right? Right. For, right. Especially nowadays. Singers are very in demand. <laughs> like tattoo artists. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can see that you have. Yeah, I kind of stopped, stopped because it got too expensive. I see, yeah. I see. Uh, so when do you start playing this? Oh yeah, so in, in ACJC, I was playing in the arts club and I was also playing in uh, church, mm-hmm. like uh, started off in small churches. And uh, back then I actually have, oh, I was actually playing piano for a while. Like okay. I started off playing piano because I got I got grade 8 uh, and nobody cares but for grade 8 piano. But, wow, I, but, another thing I did not know about you. But nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... and uh, so I I realized I didn't really like it, mm-hmm. and my brother was bringing uh bringing in basses at that point in time, cause he's one of the first few that um started bringing in boutique basses back then under Red Dot Music. Oh yeah, yeah. so that's I had my... one of their gig bags. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my oldest that's brother. Your brother. My oldest okay. brother. Yeah. So Chen Wei. Chen Wei. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Martin Song. Chen Wei. Yeah. 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 So it's clicking, really clicking in your brain already. Right? Yes. 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 <laughs> I see. Yeah. 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 Oh, he was one of the first few to bring in stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The he was. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There was even before. Yeah. Yeah. DIs, cables. The. Okay. The, there was even before mono. No. Exactly. Yeah. That was my first expensive uh, gig bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My goodness. And also probably one of the worst. No. <laughs> 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 It lasted me through MDC. Actually, that's true. Only one year. And then <laughs> and the zip fell off. Then I bought a mono. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think my brother had a good eye for for that. Okay. If he had executed it properly, I think he would be uh, he would be in a very good place now. La. But I mean, uh, obviously, it uh, wasn't very well thought out design. Mm, and uh, a lot of uh, manufacturing 
problems and I oversights. See. I see. Yeah, I see. So I think, oh well. It yeah. is. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And yeah. you, you kind of picked up the base as a byproduct of those bases coming in and. Pretty much, yeah. So wow. I had people like Melvin Wong coming in and like slapping bass mm-hmm. when I was like a little little wee lad, like still studying for O levels back then. And I was like, ooh, what's that? You know. And like people like I think Brandon Wong was also around back then. I see. Uh probably even Colin actually. Colin Yong and uh, all those old cats. They were like popped by Reggie. Reginald yeah, Kuh, yeah, yeah, who's got his own base thing happening now. Yeah, yeah. I see. Because it would make sense that the people at the forefront of the scene would come to this boutique place for yeah, base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got to see them in action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you take lessons or you just pick I, it out on your own? I did try. Uh <laughs> But base teachers, uh, we don't really have a syllabus to follow, lah. I mm-hmm. think so. It's always very difficult for, I think, base teachers to try and uh, curate or uh, to sorry tailor a lesson for the for their students. Mm-hmm. And if they have, actually, most bases are primarily performers, lah. I don't know any base teachers that are actually teachers who do it for a living. Mm-hmm. There's just mm-hmm. not enough students, lah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not enough them to go around also. Yeah, there's not enough, lah. So uh, even in one school, maybe you have two or three at most if you're lucky. And then you'll be in, if you're a bass player in a music school, you'll be the most in-demand musician also because all the bands don't have bass players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay, okay. And then from from that point in life, how do you start getting into the scene? And I actually don't remember, but I remember um I got a call to sub this band called After Hours. After hours, okay. With uh, back then it was Feng Heng, who is in a good place now. Genevieve, mm. who's also doing well. Uh, Liang Hong, who is with Peep Show now. Drummer, isn't it? Yeah, Liang oh, Hong, yes, Li yes. Liang Hong, uh, and Fujin, and Robert Sunga, this uh, singer. Okay, I uh, remember Robert Sunga. Yeah, yeah. yeah Robert Sunga. Yeah. So, so this was the band that I first subbed with, and I oh right okay I know why mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. uh. I think the basis was leaving Titus mm-hmm. and they were trying to find a new basis and we, me and Titus went to the same church at that point in time, CAFC. So I think somehow we got connected. Then, uh, but then he had left church really but I was still serving. So I, I'm not sure how it went by but I think I got to call the sub and then I sub then they, they seemed to be okay with me so I joined the band. That was my first foray into like a, a regular gig I see. once or twice a week. I think there was a beer market, Balaclava. And then from there, uh, just keep doing your best. I guess people noticed or like people like, hey, this business is not bad. You mm-hmm. can try to call for sub. So it's always, it always starts with a sub and then through the sub, it's like, it's like a sort of semi-audition kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you can read your score and stuff people give you and like follow like by year, like what they're playing if they're not really following the score. And it, it's like a testament in itself. Yeah. And was it a reading thing for a lot of the subs? Uh, in that time period, because I'm guessing they yes, all had charts. Yes, after that, well, was, was yes, was charts. Then I got into the Mando pop scene. So was it Switch first or was it Seventy First? I think it was Switch first. Mm. Switch by Tinder, yeah. So I joined right? TMD first. TMD first. Okay. Yeah. Then after okay. that, I started uh like getting used to the Mando rap. Then I started being called for the Seventy gigs. Which is just like reading lah. So that was when I was something calling with Supernova. I see. I yeah. See. And um, they have like f- a big file of stuff, right? 
by then Colin already had transited to Dropbox. Like Anthony was still using his file. I see. I see. <laughs> but I see. even now Anthony has has imported his stuff into uh, into Dropbox now right, on, right. on iPad. Because back yeah. then I how I got to know of you was that you were playing for Nathan. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, who's this small fellow that plays for Nathan? Oh. And I was like, oh, nice. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, so, so it kind of leads me to my next question. When when did you think about like starting Tone House Studios? When did that start for you? Hmm. I think that was after I exited a Thai club scene, or like just the night club scene in general. Then I was I was playing in a this place called Eliza. Eliza. It was just a which was a bar that was set up by the um, ex owner of or the son of the ex owner of. Or the son of the owner of the ex Shanghai Dolly, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Shanghai Dolly, but then closed. Then the son of the guy wanted to start uh, this place called Eliza, and uh, they got the band in, and then we were playing for a while, and it was uh, was not doing great lah, like mm-hmm. financially and crowd wise, they weren't really getting the the feel right of the place mm-hmm. and like the kind of target uh, consumers that they wanted in there, yeah. So I was like starting to feel this sense of like job insecurity at that point in time because I wasn't sure okay are we going to like not get paid this month hmm. are we going to lose our job next month and then like Oof. it was after I think three years of like having like nightly jobs like seven nights a week I was very used to having that sort of pay hmm. and then it came to seven this seven nights a week yeah seven, I was playing yeah, seven nights a week so okay. it came to this point where it was like suddenly oh no like pay is coming later and later and it's like right it's like starting to question like what am I doing in my life hmm. and like how do I get some sort of a security career wise lah yeah so I thought mm, I looked around and like say hey I think back then my band was frequenting uh, Life Amp yeah, yeah. Chinatown Chinatown China, right. no Chinatown Chinatown yeah. uh, Plaza Plaza eh Plaza Complex I mean they tore it down already lah the one that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we've all been there I think yeah, 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 yeah. I see Chinatown, Chinatown Square is it I can't remember like yeah, mm. I was there like, it was opposite the place that caught fire. Mm, you know the, the the coffee shop that burned down because of the I did not know the roast meat store. Oh, that's that's sad. Yeah, that's so this sad. roast meat store burned down. It was, it was in the news. It's quite bad like, like oh, the whole shop, yeah. the whole coffee shop, they, they they died. Then it was opposite that building. Anyway, yeah. So so as a life, and then I was like thinking, hey man, there's no. Mm, nice. Gem Studio to really rehearse at mm-hmm. at that point lah, because uh, I mean as a working band we have to rehearse all the time, so there was I mean there was there's there's always been Leo Leo's been around a long time, but uh, it's uh it's a it's bit pricey, of budget yeah. a little it's bit of budget pricey, for yeah. for like rehearsals, and then the alternatives were Life M the time got L Cube, mm, uh, mm. Backbeat. Mm. Utram area. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. there's always been really also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, where else, uh, bro? That time I think that place at Haji also closed, right? The lift parallel. No uh, lift. No, not lift. There was and one. Ba- was basement around yet? No, right? basement. Ah, uh, basement been around for like six. Basement been around for like five, six years, right? Mm, mm. Yeah. So basements there. I think we sort of settled for life, yeah, cause the of the location. Mm. Yeah. It was pretty spacious as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, the red room, right? Yeah, yeah. It's huge. It was huge. It wasn't huge. It okay, was your like, space is nicer. Yeah, like, it, was, it was pleasant, <laughs> la, Enough to yeah. like go, go back to regularly, la. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's true. I think there was a period of time where it was very difficult to actually think about 
finding a quality studio to rehearse in consistently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One that one that you wouldn't get a surprise lah every time you go. <laughs> Some yeah. fuzzy amp or fuzzy amp. Yeah. Because <laughs> because there's there's the expectation as we have as musicians when we go into a jam studio is like is it is stuff gonna work? Which it shouldn't be the first it sh- it thought, right? Shouldn't be right? the case, like, Yeah, it should be in the zone and like about to play magic with my friends. Exactly. Yeah. Not worrying about you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, the mixer doesn't work. Or yeah, like, yeah. It's so real. So real. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think the question I have for you then, how does this interact now? <coughs> I have a lot of questions about Tone House because it's oh, mm. I've seen you all grow. But the question is, how does this cross inform each other? You being a musician. Seeing that space or a need for proper quality music studio, and then starting one, mm. how does it, how does your decision decision making around equipment and things like that, now come to play for you in the present day? And even like cross pollination, you know, the people who you used to play with, do they now continually come point. to Tone House? Good and point. Uh, maybe I can start with cross pollination. Uh. Mm. uh, it's non-existent. Uh. Yeah, I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, so. In fact, peop, peop, uh, it's quite hard to see someone as wearing a uh, two hats concurrently. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of people know me as uh, Ma Tone House mm-hmm. rather than Ma Bass. Mm-hmm. You know, previously like I'm always thought on people's phones as Ma Bass, and like more and more it's like Ma Tone House. Yes, and yes. Like, people are like forgetting that I play the bass or something. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> it's I, quite I, sad. I notice this because I'm at Tone House often, right? Yeah, yeah. And people forget that he's a kick-ass bassist, guys. I mean, nobody cares. So I mean, I it, guess maybe. It supersedes now. Yeah, the yeah. tone house thing versus the bass player thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in yeah, so in people's minds is like, ah, oh, yeah, he's really got tone house. Like, yeah. So I, you know, he's probably busy with tone house. Uh, oh, I see. But, but in fact, I'm still primarily like I want to play bass. You like, want to play? Yeah, right? I want to play. Like, <laughs> give me gigs, man. Yeah, I know I'm busy with like the studio, but I would, like, let it. I'll put it aside just to play, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's PSA. Right, yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah, 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 but this is right. So when when Gent- when Gentle Bones called me to session, oh well, not, not his producer lah, not him, mm. Jason Jason Gelchen. Mm. Uh, it was uh, home ground, right? Yeah, home ground. Mm. I was just like, I was just like, yes lah. I, like, I just do it. Uh. Like I wasn't sure like why I got the call. Mm. <laughs> or, like, how you, <laughs> you, uh, but yeah, I just uh, like just do it lah. Yeah, so try. It. It's been going well. Yeah, it's been going well. Cause it's it's so real. I think Tone House has been responsible for so many live streams yeah. over the course of this dragged out COVID period yeah. to the point where now I feel like you're part of Singapore music culture. It has it has grown exponentially Yeah. simply because of the state of affairs. Huh? Yeah. Uh, okay, I mean, since when... Yeah, I, kind of, I, did, I did answer the previous question, but yeah. we can talk about this first. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the live stream thing was, a necessi- was out of necessity. Like. Uh, I'm a very... Uh, itchy fingers kind of guy mm-hmm. so it's like during during circuit breaker uh, phase one when I was at home doing nothing mm-hmm. it's just like just going to plan for something yeah. so so like that was like essentially two months of just doing nothing but planning mm-hmm. for when the studio could reopen mm-hmm. that was my life mm-hmm. so like one thing that, that, that I was wanted to go into was live streaming for sure la, because uh, that was the way to go la, even though I didn't know how long it was going to last for <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. Back then we thought, ah, queer will be end over by right. the end of the year. Yeah. Ah, yeah, maybe by June it'll be over. <laughs> Such wishful thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact, in fact, TMD did uh 
TMD did, I got TMD to do a live stream. Mm. One day, oh no, on the same day that phase one was announced. Okay. So, literally Amazing. like, yeah, like, <laughs> I, we, 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 I planned the live stream on this day, right? Then on that day, I remember at lunch, I got fucking, I, sorry. It's all good. It's uh, all I, good. Got, I got calls from like, from uh, my bandmates and it's like, hey, have you seen the news? Is it Prime Minister say a uh, lockdown today <laughs> or tomorrow? Uh, lockdown tomorrow. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Then I was like, then then I was like, we were deciding, do we go ahead with the stream or not? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because the they were already saying like, okay, max five packs and that kind of thing. Then we were scared of like backlash and people yeah. keep people how, saying how like, big is the band? It's only like seven people. I see. Yeah, I see, yeah, I see, yeah. I see. and we're just a band, but but that fear was real lah. Like wow. like at that point in time, you know, the very first day of circuit Wait, breaker. Very first day. Eh? Yeah, as in the day before the very first day of circuit breaker lah. And then we were there like, should we do the stream or not? <laughs> yeah. So that was oh. actually the very first official live stream that Tone House did. So it was at Tone House as well? Yeah, it was at Tone House, yeah. Then after that, wow. the, after that it was two months of silence. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, then yeah. it was just like, okay, how do I, yeah, then after that. Because I, I did notice your, you in particular pivoting super early on. Yeah. Way ahead of the game. Yeah. Because I think you, you were trying to solve. You, you're not, Staying down, and you're trying to solve this. I was trying to solve a problem, right? Actually, yeah, right. Yeah, and I'm guessing. Do, do you go for NEC grants and things like that in the beginning? To, yeah, to support yeah. equipment purchases and. Uh no, yes, yes and no. Uh the the DPG grant was super helpful, man. I see. So I see. um, um, it was during phase two when we launched the DPG grant. Then we got, uh, we got, we got like that. Oh, you had a whole feature set. Yeah, oh, so oh, we had two yeah. projects. We managed to get like pretty much the full amount of DPG grant right, to right. run the. Then that was my way of like uh try and try and airing the live streaming. So I used I the use that grant as like okay lah, just throw and then see what happens kind wow. of thing. Yeah, yeah. So so we got we had like the live stream sessions, which was like look at it, it's complete crap lah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, in, it was just, in relation to what you have now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like like yeah. What well, that what well, that brings me back to like a year. Was it been a year, man? So I was just like doing it alone then. Mm-hmm. It was just me, one camera, uh, and then doing sound at the same time. So it was just me running the live stream show for like for like these ten bands. Yeah, and then it was a ten like it was over ten ten bands over different over like a month or something. I see. Yeah. So yeah. That was where it started, lah. Just one camera and I, yeah, myself. I see, I see. One person. Yeah, just just me, yeah. Oh so really goodness. from the ground up, lah. Yeah. Because I, I, I noticed that feature set that was happening. And mm. I was like, oh, this is lovely. You're creating opportunities for livelihoods also at the same time. As a byproduct much, of yeah. you trying to solve what in your mind was like, how to make this sustainable in this time period. Yeah. And that made you ahead of the game, you know. Because like, I know studios started following suit and then like tried copying the, kind of the model that you're adopting. But I think you started early enough and priced it Amazingly enough that just the other day I had a new student mm. show me his live stream from your studio. Who? Uh, Santosh. I don't know. It's okay. a, it was a was Hindustani music, I think. Santosh. So I think, I'm sure you can't remember. Yeah. Now all sorts of people go to live okay, okay. to live stream at your place. Yeah. So so maybe we can we can move back a bit. So how how does being a musician and now running a music studio, the decision making that you do now, for equipment for maintenance. Anything at all that you like to share that could be of interest to the viewers, you know? Mm. As a musician, mm-hmm. when I first started the studio, I had absolutely no idea what to buy. 
So I had to call like sound man, like Pete. Uh, I don't know Pete. Uh, Peter Hen- Pete Hendricks. I had to call Edwin To. Edwin Wee. I keep calling him Edwin To. Always want to kill me. <laughs> I think Edwin. Edwin Wee. Edwin Wee. Uh, I call like Uta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who else? Whatever sound man that I trusted, like back then, I I was just calling them and say, hey, I really need help to spec spec the place. I don't know what mixer to get. I have no idea what I need to even connect, like uh, like you know, to connect everything into the into the mixer lah. So so Pete actually gave me a full spec list of things to buy, wow. and I just followed it like whatever he said. Just mm-hmm. just buy first, then later we think about it. Mm-hmm. And when everything came, then the setup. When the setup came, it was again like, okay, what do I do? What do I plug into? Which like I look at the X thirty two rack. We're using the Behringer X thirty two rack for the first time. And I have like, what? That's <laughs> like tricky, absolutely right? no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like all the routing, all the busing. Like a year ago, I didn't know what a bus was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like or like I didn't even know like what a DCA was or like how to like how to like all the all the the pre the pre the pre and post EQs and the routing and, and the whole routing yeah the the routing is is intense man so that took a while to really pick up and I just like just learning it on the job lor and like even th- simple things like echoing the mons to and getting used to the room sound it's like it took a long time lah just to to really be fast at it so I did notice that I think it takes It first took time to like actually understand the system and then to stabilize the system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you feel like now it's like a stable place? I feel like now we set up pretty fast. I would mm. say, I would say, I would say, I, I, I don't, I don't think anybody can complain about setup time, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are mm-hmm. we are fast enough, even with like the IEM system. So we've got like P16s, uh, in your mon in things that that we use. It's quite fast, quite yeah. fast. <laughs> so I did notice. Uh, I think we did a live stream at your your studio yeah. for Christmas or something. Yeah. Then I noticed you mixing, an amazing mix, but not in the same room as us. You were in the other room. You were doing it remotely. Oh yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. you've gotten your templates and your sound super down. Yes, templates. Templates are super. You're using templates. Using yeah. Templates. So it's like like I've got a master scene that I always use. I see. And I'm always making tweaks to it, like. As as time goes, like whether to the mon to the mon EQ or to the rooms or depending on what mics we have at a point in time, because you got to EQ the 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 mons to the to the mic that you are using for the vocals right. so that it doesn't feedback. And wow. Yeah. Then, it sounds like you've you've learned a lot, yeah, over the past two years. Quite a lot, la, quite right. a lot, la, yeah. <laughs> quite a lot, quite a lot. It's been a volatile <laughs> two years. <for> you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but your sound is immensely satisfying for a live stream show. Okay. I, I'm like, wow, this is quality. Nothing is pokey. Everything seems balanced. Yeah, still, still, still like we're still working it lah. The one thing that I really don't understand still is reverb. Okay, okay. It's so hard to understand like, like how to get reverb to sound good. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it lah. It's like the one thing that I'm still struggling with. Like, we like, can hit up like Pete and then your yeah probably have friends to go again. Yeah, get them. I think it's probably to do with like. I mean the EQ the EQ settings the type of reverb are quite standard like you got your plate you got your hall you got your ambience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's like the way you even like things like the decay and the the your 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 pre your pre delay are quite standard so but it's I think it's just the way you EQ the reverb to make it sit right sit mm-hmm. right and like being there without being like too in front yeah 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 it's like making it it's sit sh- like yeah, behind yeah. the voice in a supportive way yeah, yeah rather supportive. than just being like there in space. 
yeah, yeah. In his <laughs> own space, basically. Yeah. spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so sometimes I always get in the trap of like having the vocal sounding like it's in a space and then the rest of the band is in a different space. Mm, so it sounds mm. very disjointed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, this is getting a bit technical, right? No, go on a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. I'm selfishly wanting to know. <laughs> yeah. Even between songs, like you cannot have a, you, you can't just slap like a uh, reverb on and oh, just yeah, leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Because like, It, maybe in a live setting you can like in a bar and public nobody mm, cares and like mm. and the and the room sound is rubbish oh, you can't tell anything mm. but on a live stream sound your reverb is everything is like that is that is the room that you're creating for listeners because everything is dry pretty much right, right? Just straight here yeah, yeah. in a space yeah, yeah so you have to this is interesting digitally create that space around the instruments for for the listener on a live stream la. so yeah. it's like doing it's like a hybrid between live sound and bloody like post engineering mm, mm. basically And uh, it is it's it's changing yeah. yeah, this is interesting because this is a big difference. I think yeah. with the advent of live streaming, yeah, that this is super important. That it doesn't feel direct, yeah, because it's very turn offing. Yeah, you know, it turn offing. Yeah, turn off. It's yeah. a turn off, right? It's yeah, a turn off. Because I play a few live stream shows, and then sound engineers would tell me, okay, I need you to up your reverb. Yeah. For normally we don't want, but yeah. I think for this show we need you to yeah. up your reverb. Wow. <laughs> That's so interesting. It yeah. makes me think about. Have people asked you about your live stream sound? Asking you like, how you I get mean, it? So people have said that it's uh it's it's good right? here and there, but uh, I I don't dare put myself out as a sound man uh-huh, because there's uh-huh. so many more qualified sound men out there <laughs> that are actually doing it for a living, I and see. I'm just a bootleg sound man. Uh. so I'm still primarily a bassist and and but and <laughs> I do sound. Like I do, I I believe I do a decent job, lah. But I won't. You definitely do, man. Yeah, but I don't think I will like try and like say that I'm a sound man, lah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I I I haven't gone through the 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 vigors of like really learning what sound is. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like a post engineer would look, have studied in school, for example. Mm-hmm. He can probably tell like. Uh, the difference between I don't know a sine wave and a square wave, yeah, and a five k versus three k. Yeah, and they're really fast at like yeah picking yeah. out that frequency. I still have to guess and like mm, sweep. Yeah, and sweep yeah. here and there. Right. Yeah, like, like maybe I understand sound in maybe four ranges of bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like bass, somewhere in bass, upper mid, yeah, treble. Yeah, between four hundred to eight yeah, hundred. Something la, wrong. So. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah. Keep around there. Yeah, 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 exactly. I but but it. the real guys like Utah there, like even Edwin, I'm sure they they'll pick it up. To the hundred, like they're they transcribing. Know it's, like, it's like a musician transcribing. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly, what yeah. I know that is. Yeah, yeah, or even resonance. They can hear resonance very clearly. Like, okay, this is definitely like. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, now question for you, Ron. Like, we've been talking about your live streaming pivot mm. over the past one year. It's mm. been a year at least. How has it been running a music studio in Singapore? If you don't just view it from that pivoting standpoint, which I think you can't, because now yeah. it's literally what it is—the climate of yeah. the world. How is it like? You know, financially, emotionally, <laughs> well-being-wise. Financially, like. not great lah. Mm-hmm. Like the margins are small, and we—I don't believe any studio can afford a full timer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's just not. It, it's really that tight. Like when it comes to like paying for your your. Um, overheads, and then what? What are you left with? It's like, you know, it's not. It's not a lot, lah. So, um. So what goes to us overheads? I'm guessing. I mean, for sure, rent. So you got rent. Electricity maintenance. Electricity. 
What are the things I'm, I'm missing? Uh, I mean, aircon is part of electricity. Mm-hmm. You got your phone bill. Okay. Right, that we've got a company phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have got your uh, yearly tax. Okay. Yearly income tax. Well, that's not really overhead, right? Everyone has to pay income tax, corporate tax. You got your stamp duty to pay because we're running it as a company, so there's a lot of company random company expenses like if you're paying for your secretary, then you pay to file your your bloody acra thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these kind of stupid things <laughs> like it's like had you to do, do it recently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because the financial year, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I got fined three hundred bucks for oh, no. for filing filing the late, AR late, uh, no return date. <laughs> It's kind of st- stupid things. Oh, like guys, he's know. contributed enough to the culture for the past year. Let's <laughs> find him. Yes, yeah. Well, no, them said. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, financially, it's 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 not great, honestly. Mm. But we are glad to have like uh, survived even from the start, lah. I I I would say safely we haven't gone into the red yet since we started. So that's that's, that's been that's been awesome. Uh, emotionally, it's draining at times because uh, it's uh it's pretty much a thankless job, lah, mm-hmm. and a pretty. <clears throat> Mm. Say lonely. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody cares about the studio as much as the owner does, lor. So it's like, who is the one vacuuming the floor? Is me. Who is the one that that notices the beer spill stain on the floor? Is me. Mm-hmm. You know, or like who who notices like the drummer is getting too dirty because drummers are always just like drummers are dirty people, lah. You know, the drumsticks flying over the place. They got their little dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the drummer is like just always covered in like all kinds of rubbish, like gunk. Yeah, so it it's like all these small things that people don't see, but it takes a toll on like the the person that does lah. Yeah, so like, um, short of hiring a cleaner to do the job, it's like you just have to keep an eye on all these small details lah. Making sure the aircon is like off, you know, it doesn't smell funny today. Uh, is the computer working fine? Yeah, you know, yeah. is the mouse charged? Is the keyboard charged? Because we're using wireless. Uh. Your roles keep changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so yeah, so it, it, it's it, it's it's not a hands-off kind of thing. So, mm. owning a studio is like, it's either you have someone that is more passionate about it than you, mm-hmm. or you do it yourself. There's really no other way to do it. Yeah. Because you want to try, if you're going to trust someone, he has to be yeah, as he, passionate or more. Yeah. Right. He has to treat it like his own lah. Mm. Otherwise, he's not going to you know clean that beer stain on the floor. He's going yeah. to attract cockroaches. He doesn't have that kind of buy-in, you know, investment. Yeah, 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 yeah. To do the extra oh, work, right? The community needs to show you some love, huh? Uh, I mean, I mean, because <laughs> we no, greatly la, appreciate not... Tone House, man. All the musicians now, you know. Yeah. As a rehearsal space, as a space that is quality. <laughs> oh. End of the day, it's a business. Yeah. End of the day, business, you are paying for it, and yeah. and uh, I mean, I mean, it's great to be to have like you know support and like people pat you on the back once in a while. Right, right, right. But uh. <laughs> That's what it is, like. Oh, man, still, uh, I want to organize a Ma appreciation show, <laughs> appreciation live stream. Proceeds <laughs> <laughs> no, no, all no, go no. to Ma. No, 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 no. Can come and form beer. <laughs> come a beer, yeah. What's your favorite beer? Guinness, Guinness bro. The start with the nitrogen. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the bubble, ball, right? The ball inside the ball. Yeah. Inside, the, yeah. the other one is no. That's not no, Guinness. No, no, no foreign extra, man. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's on your sign outside <laughs> your door, right? Guinness is Guinness not is equal not to foreign, foreign extra. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna keep this in mind. Yeah. Uh, question I have for you. Maybe share with the viewers some like stories. They can be positive or negative around the running of the studio and mm. the clients that you have faced over the past two years. You know, because I think people like this stuff. <laughs> well, I think they are very. 
pe- people are not very different from others. Mm. As in, people are easily. I mean, from what I've seen, people are predictable. One pattern that has been bugging me very lately is the uh, is the food and drink. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, we we'll, we won't spill the beer. Yeah, we will eat very carefully. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know what's going to happen next, uh? yeah, yeah. Somebody is going to spill the beer. Somebody is going to drop the crown on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then best thing is that they don't say anything about it. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I spill the beer. Oops. And then they, they walk away. You know, kind of thing. It's very it's very jarring on your nerves, lah. Uh, when you see these kind of things happen. Yeah. I yes. feel there's a disconnect. They say don't worry. But then if it happens, then at least you should just inform the person. Yeah. So From some the same people, place of compassion. Yeah. So some people are those that uh, don't care. Mm. Or they don't they don't see a po- problem with, uh, with you know, stuff on the floor. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Then there's those people that will. You know, they say, oh, sorry, sorry. Then they clean for you. Mm. They even take out the wet wipe and they say, don't worry. Yeah. You know, the moment you bend down, they say, hey, please don't do Let me clean myself. So there's a kind of people and then there's a kind of people who don't care. Yeah. Then there's a kind of people in the middle who's like, oh, sorry, I just spilled beer on the floor. Then they look at it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So there's there's mm. all kinds of people uh, that when it comes to this kind of uh, people management, mm. Uh, mm. even when it comes to time management, some people are uh, like, some bands will, uh, let's say they're booking ends at 5, at mm. 4.55. They say, hey, guys, okay, we got to pick up. I'm like I'm just destined to come there. Like oh, I'm like wow, like oh you guys are really. It's like, actually whoa. Yeah, it's yeah. A rare quality. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like I would say thanks guys. You know you guys are end of time. You didn't have to, but that's great. Yeah, then some of those people you know they'll be like, they look at the watch. It's five four fifty eight, and it's like one more song, one more song. Then they they play until four or two. Then they say sorry sorry sorry. Okay, we packing up now. We can't think. And then the next band is outside waiting. I you know, I've noticed this that <laughs> people do it. And then they get annoyed when people do it to them. Yeah. This overrunning by a couple of minutes, yeah, yeah. squeezing one last song. Yeah. I've noticed this. Yeah. I feel like it should be talked about more. <laughs> this etiquette of respect for studio booking time. Uh. Which I. Yeah. M- maybe it could be part of Tone House, like, you know, like Ten Commandments. <laughs> it, it, it's. I don't believe it's a. I don't believe it's studio etiquette as much as <laughs> a sense of uh, how you perceive your time or your how how you perceive a session to be at a studio yeah so it's like for those people like you say they end late right they they, they die, die must end like they maximize their time right usually you come early actually to set up they come 15 minutes earlier to set up wow. so they can start on the dot yeah even so, if there's a booking before then they just come earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I so see. they always try to luck always try to luck the time watchers uh, will try to luck to maximize their time. I see. And you would know this. <laughs> yeah. You're observing people every day now. All the time. Yeah. So I always have to be very firm sometimes on like those uh, trying to push their luck like, like come half an hour early that kind. Oh. Then I'm like Book sorry set up time. Early. Yeah set up time is when you enter the door that is when your booking starts. Mm-hmm. Usually I try and force it. They come like five minutes that means early. If, if I'm a gumu I won't mind. La. Otherwise uh, it's not. La. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think especially with the kind of bookings you all have now probably it's packed like back to back sometimes so mm. this kind of thing really is a no go oh if it's back to back I'm actually I actually will be there to handle ma. Mm. Yeah, but it's like I see I see yeah but it's it's um, it's those that it's those standalone bookings that sometimes they'll try and take advantage of I see because I see. let's say they know that nobody's after them then I they'll see. try and just push and they just try and extend or they're like alright if they know that nobody's before them mm-hmm. then they'll like Know, want to come earlier to set up then I'm like oh, you have to just, I mean you have to see, la, have to see it's a case by case basis it's integrity kind of thing, yeah. it's some level of integrity here oh uh, yeah interesting uh, 
question I have for you. What what keeps you going now? Now that you're here in Tonhao, it's, it's blooming. It's blooming. This month's pretty quiet, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, so, so what's next? Yeah, you know? What's next is... Uh, I think I think it's time to really step up the the value of what the studio can produce. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of depending on uh, bookings like rehearsals and other people come in, I think I think I'm in the capacity to create a value from the studio itself. For example, um, I'm thinking of like uh, starting like a video series mm-hmm. similar to what like Insing is doing, but more on news highlights. Okay. So it's like maybe like weekly news highlights. For the music scene, okay. So what's been happening, uh, you know, a bit like the Tonight Show, but like in a very condensed, maybe five to ten minute version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thinking of doing stuff like uh, recording portfolios for musicians in a day mm-hmm. to use it to maybe pitch to clients, maybe some kind of entertainment company or something. Like that. I don't I know. Like, yeah, I mean, just try to like. Uh, these are just all like in the early stages, but. Uh, I think that's the way to go, lor. Create value, lor, rather than wait for it to come to you, lor. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that, because you want to have some kind of impact in this community you're in, right? Continually, in evolving ways, as well. Impact, lor. Do you feel that? I I won't lie, lah. It's just about making more money. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the straightforwardness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I'm sure. I see you do things. <laughs> I see your spirit, you know? <laughs> I mean, and the money is a good yeah. thing. The money is a good thing, yeah. but it's about doing. Okay, we are putting it by the way. It's about creating. Uh, it's about doing something. Uh, with purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously to make money, but it's also to like when you see something is lacking, or there's a need. Like right now, I feel like there's a need for more live stream entertainment mm-hmm. for let's say weddings mm-hmm. and events and clients. Right. A lot of people, a lot of CCs are still like asking the question. Are there any studios that uh, do music like live streaming or entertainment? And a lot of couples are unaware that they can have live stream mm. music for their weddings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> there's this certain one company that I can't name that has been getting a lot of gigs okay. for for wedding wedding live streams. I see. And I think it's a market that uh, can be tapped into lah with proper marketing and uh, just a decent band that you have in place. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. not just music, isn't it? Entertainment, whatever it could be, live stream through. Yeah. For a wedding, yeah, for weddings and events and everything. Because like it's a projected that. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, wedding. yeah exactly. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and because who knows when we we can sing without the mask and yeah, yeah. It's, it's a dragged out time period, man. Yeah, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Normally per episode, we have a musical guest. Yeah. Oh, that okay. is going to be featured. Okay. And this one is someone who responded to our open call for performers. Oh yeah, that's yeah, nice. we had. Hundreds of applicants cool. that we we like record label like oh okay oh hundreds bro <laughs> yeah man and <laughs> her name is Ellie I'm trying to remember her song title she's a singer songwriter because her song title is in Chinese okay it's coming back to me it's Na Xie Hui Yi I hope my intonation was decent so on that note I hope you enjoy her performance of her song Jinx take it away. Thank you. 
you enjoyed Ellie's song. I was about to say Kelly. Ellie. Please follow her on her social media. Because I think she is an exciting singer-songwriter. Up-and-coming singer-songwriter. So Ma, like, one last question I have for you is... We always have like a target audience in mind that's watching this, potentially. Who is interested in the arts, the music sector. And at whatever point in their lives, you know, maybe they just graduated, now thinking about the next thing to do. What advice would you have for someone who is, perhaps, now, okay, ooh, Ma is an inspiration. Tone House is inspiring to me. I would like to enter this music studio business. What advice would you have for someone like that, at that stage of life as well? Um, music studio business, eh? Yeah. I. Well, I mean, think very carefully, like, uh. What service you want to provide like is it like there are some studios out there that operate on uh diy automated kind of uh, thing mm. uh, yeah and uh when there's like a lot they give you a code yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. no one there you enter yeah, yeah. and then you leave i'm right. not sure whether it's a treble cube or trinity you, you i've been to a few it. actually yeah. of these kind of oh studios. Yeah? Yeah. yeah 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 so um there are those kind of studios uh, which which are great I guess for, for that kind of purpose but uh, Tone House was meant to uh, operate based on service you know the human touch mm. and some sort of expertise involved la. Um, so uh, I guess even just this kind of broad categorization is where you should start with like okay do I want it to be like that or do I want uh, or do I just want a Foley studio you know or mm. a recording studio or I want an audio post house um, there's a lot of music studios that that you can do I mean they're even hybrids I mean like Tone House is sort of a hybrid like you know half recording mm. and half performing jamming I yeah uh, I guess you can start there then uh, consider that uh, you're not going to make a lot of money for sure uh, this has been a common theme of all the guests yes and it's true <laughs> it's true it's true you're not going to make a lot of money uh, have a partner if you can because eh, it's, it's quite a tough thing to do alone yeah, I would say start with a partner that is like-minded. Uh, settle all the sticky things early on, like money. How are you going to split it? How are you going to divide it? Uh, how much you're going to invest? Uh, make it very clear, lor. Otherwise, friendships can burn uh, when this when money hits the when money comes in. Yeah. Mm. Also consider the fact that uh, people don't just want a space with equipment in it. They want a space that has character. Yeah, so I would advise also spending a little bit or doing it yourself, like just make the place look nice, lah, welcoming. I mean, things like smell also, consider mm. that. Like, you know, Leo smells great. Uh, uh, how it feels just to be in the room acoustically. Mm. Don't scrimp on, don't scrimp on acoustic treatment. Uh, Acoustic treatment is a must, I would say. It's one thing Jam Studios uh, scream on and they should never. Because, uh, la, I don't see how you can do without it. I could never go back to a place like you know, jamming with, like I don't know, nothing on the wall. Just walls, right? Or just walls, just walls, or even just like cheap foam. Cheap foam is great, but the the the, the frequency absorption is, is quite skewed. 
mm-hmm. towards the mids and highs. So in the kind of rooms with like all those cheap foam around the walls, you get a lot of rumble and like feedback around the 200 to 400 range. But very you also low, have very like, but you also have very dry highs. And it sounds very strange lah, because mm. it, it, it ends up sounding very unnatural. Yeah. That's disorienting, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit disorienting lah, when yeah. you fill up the space with, uh, with, with uh, cheap foam. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I consider all these things though. Yes, it's cool. Business advice, personal advice, and also scientific advice. Scientific <laughs> advice. <laughs> hey, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, hey, no, it's pleasure, yeah, pleasure. I I greatly have been following your trajectory over the past two years. No, I mean I see you quite often at Tone House anyway. Less, uh. Not these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I think that's all the time we have today. Yeah. My name is Ridwan. And this is Insing Life episode ten, where it's a it's a podcast vodcast where we interview practitioners from the industry, and in this case it's the music industry. So we've interviewed sound engineers, studio owners, bass players, artists. Who else have we interviewed? Production houses like Shoko. Eric. And Eric, yeah, was it Eric? I can't remember his name now. Okay. And uh, educators as well. And over the next half of this year, I hope to delve into theatre and the dance scene as well. So that's a bit more comprehensive coverage of the Singaporean landscape of art. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for viewing this episode. Thank you, Ma. Yeah, welcome. Cheers, guys. I'll see you again soon.